0: So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting Bluehost.com. That's Bluehost.com.
1: Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with week 88 of the Ham Radio Podcast.
2: And it is me, the Lone Vault Wanderer, back after a couple of weeks. Yeah. It's been a couple of weeks? I think it, I think it has. I it was not one. No, last week, last weekend, it was just you and Carrick. Yeah. So, the the week, and then the one before that, actually, it's probably three weeks. Fuck.
1: Wow. I didn't even realize. (laughs) I swear. I was going to say, I I really thought it's only been one week. Wow. (laughs) Okay, well, welcome back, (laughs) I
2: guess. Thank you, Matty. It's only been three weeks, but it's good to be back. All right.
1: Well, we got a lot of cool Bethesda stuff to talk about this week. Last week, Carrick and I handled it we we talked about just gaming in general in 2016 so i'd like to get your thoughts on that quickly is there any games that really surprised you this year
2: any games that really surprised me oh man i've had time to think about this and an and um, easier thought
1: probably just because of the human mind would be is there any games that just straight up disappointed you this year
2: yeah. okay i'm gonna say it mm-hmm. bioshock the collection because there were so many issues really okay it. Like initially, I was kind of like, no, you know, it's fine. Why, why are people giving this game negative reviews on Steam? But blah, blah. But then as I played it, I was like, yeah, you know, it, it does have issues off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Dishonored Two. I mean, when I first started to play Dishonored Two. There were that game was just not even close to 60 FPS even when I moved down to high. Yeah, that's and that was, weird, man. That, was that was disappointing I, for me.
1: Personally. I really think I have this insane luck with Bethesda games, and I'm genuinely saying that because <laughs> with Fallout 4, people are like, "Dude, Matty, you know, why do you talk about games frame rate?" and uh, how bad they are, but with Fallout 4, you didn't. I'm like, I didn't have an issue with any Bethesda Game Studios game when it yeah. came to frame rate crashes, and Dishonored 2 as well. People were like, what about the PC issues? I'd mentioned them, but I was like, dude, I didn't have an issue at all running the game. It, it, it's ridiculous. I still made a video about it. No, but
2: it was interesting. Like, I, I didn't so have any issues with, with Doom. Yeah, no, I, I didn't have any issues with Doom. I didn't have any issues with Fallout 4, but... Dishonored too. Like as, as soon as I exited in, uh, the first indoor area to go outside, my frame rate mm. tanked, man. Mm-hmm. Like so, th- I'm hoping that those initial uh, additional um, patches that they released fix that. Apparently because I just didn't have. pick up the game. Yeah, I, I, so yeah, I thank you yeah, they
1: have. Um, as for a game that surprised you this year, do you have one?
2: A game that surprised me. So I want to go into my Steam right now. Yeah. Now Obviously, people know that I don't I don't play many. games. I didn't mean to hit you with this. I just
1: <laughs> thought that'd be a good idea to. Catch your catch your thoughts. Um, Assassin's mm. Creed One really
2: surprised me on huh,
1: how poorly that game's aged. <laughs>
2: <laughs> God, you know what? That game, like as much as I love it, as much as Assassin's Creed One has that nostalgia. Fuck, it's repetitive. Mm. <laughs> it's, just, it's the same Rafiq's uh, bureau that you're going into. Like, there's no difference amongst the cities. It's the same conversation, same fetch quests. God. And the only thing that shines, honestly, in that game is the different um, the, the different people that you kill. There's always a different story that goes along with them. Mm-hmm. And, like, the build-up towards that, you see them, like, attacking townspeople. And, like, that's the most interesting bit to me about Assassin's Creed 1 is the story. Oh, yeah, because so, it's, it's a standout. With the
1: second one they nailed the gameplay so yeah for me the standout moment in one was like when that one dude just got the crap stabbed out of him in like a fountain Uh, yeah Yeah. yeah, that
2: was the very very first yeah that that was that was that
1: was was the moment that really (laughs) stuck with me and uh that's what i think of when i think of ac1 but yeah that game
2: was really repetitive yeah definitely but to be honest there's really honestly this year uh, and again i haven't played many games Mm -hmm. but there hasn't been a real standout game to me it's been a pretty average year for games i thought when you opinion. brought it up
1: you'd say doom i thought you would say that one surprised you you
2: know what I, but okay like, i'll be even honest with doom as well and maybe this is because of me personally moving away from games that are just very very gameplay focused okay. and somewhat repetitive but i'm not saying doom was that repetitive but you when i got towards the was. end of that, game it was like when i got towards the end of it i was like you know what i, I think i'm done with doom mm-hmm. and i only pushed forward just to complete it yeah there, there was Same. a point like towards the end um, but it was, a, it was a great campaign, you know, but yeah, I, was, I guess it's just I, I said the same
1: thing. Yeah, it, it was the fun of killing War Off, like, the, just, like, at two hours before the game ended. So it was a little bit of a no, final that, that's stretch.
2: Exactly, I think it was, like, around that point, point. Like one to two hours before the end, I remember saying to myself, I'm done. And in any other case, if I wasn't streaming this, I would not continue. Mm-hmm. So Interesting.
1: All right, just want to get your thoughts on that. Let's roll into this week's the News Roundup, so let's start with the first piece of news that we have, which is that Dishonored 2 just got a new Game Plus update, which allows mm. you to carry all your powers into the new playthrough, the new difficulty, um, or just character upgrades in general, really, uh, Bone Charms, all that stuff. So I, I like that a lot. Yeah, I was kind of surprised it wasn't in the vanilla game, but uh, it's good to see that they're supporting it after launch. And uh, Mind you, ladies and gentlemen, this is a free update. It's not one you have to pay for or anything. A lot of games have been adding new game plus patches. Uh, Final Fantasy 15's is actually getting one very soon. I think it actually just came out. But yeah, I don't know why uh, there hasn't been this emphasis on new game plus in video games as much anymore. I think that's one of the most fun parts. I mean, an ideal example is Ratchet and Clank. I, I think
2: I was going to uh, yeah, say that you is took
1: the, the gold standard for why <laughs> new game plus is so special. Is because it's just you know going back to that first level with end game weapons and wiping the floor with them and saying, I can't believe I struggle with this. It's just such a good feeling. Uh, yeah. I mean, there have been a couple games this year I can think of that had good New Game Plus, like uh, Dark Souls, I'd imagine. You know, a lot of people, have New Game Plus, Plus, Plus that, but still. <laughs> uh, you know, I-, I wish there was a bigger emphasis on that, you know, because the last game I went to New Game Plus on that comes to my mind at this moment is arkham city like that's the first game i beat and then hit new game plus and started up right away i haven't done that in a long while i mean final fantasy 15 i did beat and keep going and i still am going but you know i can't think of many games that have had a new game plus uh dmc devil may cry but yeah like what i'm saying is that i wish there was more of an emphasis on it in that long winded ramble
2: And, and to be honest though i mean i don't know if you remember several weeks back they were talking about how Uh, There were new games like Titanfall and Dishonored 2 and and Call of Duty as well. They're not selling as well as their previous games. Mm -hmm. And there was a really, really good article on GamesIndustry.biz, which is a fantastic games news website, by the way. And it was talking about how a lot of that is in part to do with because people are purchasing digital more than physical. But also in in part because there are so many games that are coming out and people are buying less individual games and spending more time in one game. Mm -hmm. And it's you know in part because people don't have much money they want to buy a game and stick to it and be committed and New Game Plus really helps with that and I think maybe publishers and devs are starting to pick up on that fact the fact that Dishonored Two didn't sell as well as Dishonored One even though with more marketing even though it's still you know still a well received game amongst critics but sometimes that because uh, of this that's not enough right. No, no, sometimes that, that that definitely isn't enough. And and I think because of this, I guess, phenomena that people are spending more time in singular titles, devs are picking up and saying, well, let's give them more of what they want in that title. Let's give them a new game plus because let's be honest, it's probably a really easy way to get someone to play the game again and then it keeps them around for a DLC or two. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. I agree. I, I predicted, when I was talking to Carrick, I said that, honestly, I, I feel like that Next fall, usually like fall is filled with games. I think next fall is going to be the complete opposite. I think there's not going to be as many games because I think a lot of yeah. publishers learned this year that you can't just stack on and say, "Okay, competition, pick our game or get out," because a lot of c- games that were invested in completely flopped. Titanfall two, horrible flop. Yeah. And that game is really,
2: really good.
1: Yeah, really good. Apparently, <laughs> I haven't played it, but I've heard great things um so it's a shame to see that and um like you said call duty a good example of that is that black ops 3 is getting new dlc in 2017 that's how bad infinite warfare is probably doing because they're doing they're Mm. bringing out dlc for the call duty before that because more people have that um it's just yeah I, i think we're gonna see a different fall next year where we're gonna see i think big console exclusives that's where i think it's it's gonna go is not this and, uh, and, huge third-party battle, but instead just console exclusives. And a, a lot more and, games will delay out of fall.
2: Yeah, and, and I think, honestly, this is a fundamental change in how games is, games are operating. I was reading this another article the other day about how, did you know that 60% of the games that are on Steam were released in 2016? It's like <laughs> wow. something ridiculous wow. like that. It's like 40 to 60% or something. And there are just too many games out there nowadays and people are overwhelmed. I'm fucking overwhelmed. Absolutely. Like, if you look at how many games are being released and you think, I can't play all of these. And also for people that aren't as well off and that don't have as much money, when they spend $60 on a the game, they want to get enough out of it. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I I see why publishers and devs aren't releasing as many games because there aren't as many games being released. And why newer <coughs> games aren't selling as well? They need to extract more money out of singular titles, yeah. Because that's the way preferences are changing amongst gamers.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, I think there's going to be a little bit of a reform in 2017. I think, yeah, there's we're going to see companies fall. They're like, okay, this is when our game's releasing. We're not going to change it. But I think there's going to be a focus on extracting all the life possible out of a single title before really moving on. Uh, that's a mistake that I think Fallout 4 made. I think it could still be extracting some life out of its title, but, um, Bethesda had other ideas. The worst
2: thing, the worst thing about Fallout 4 in terms of, like, I, and this is me not having played, um, the game again afterwards, but I can easily see why people are saying this about it. With Fallout 4, you know how you can just play the game and get every single... Uh, what's it called? It's not called Perks anymore, but you can max everything out, essentially, if you played long enough. Yeah, get
1: all the perk ranks and stuff.
2: I thought that that was great because that allowed you to experiment with everything in one playthrough. But what it actually does as well is limit multiple Mm -hmm. playthroughs because it's the you, you are doing the exact same character in your second or third whereas with new vegas fuck you had to specialize man yeah you had, you had to specialize yeah, so much absolutely in that game no, i
1: agree i think i think that coupled not to get off track here with fallout 4 but yeah i think that coupled yeah. with um story decisions and and side quest decisions that there wasn't really a, a decision with consequence led to yeah. the fact that Bethesda got too preoccupied with the idea. And I've said this before, that they wanted you to see everything in one playthrough, which I understand why. They want you have that one character yeah. that at the end of all the DLC, you got around like 300, 400 hours in. And I totally get that standpoint because uh, Noah's not here, but he's like that. Not where he, he oh, doesn't put in multiple I'm characters. Like yeah, and I, everyone has that one main that you go to for all the DLC. And when mods yeah. are out, yeah. you got that one character. Don't get me wrong. But... um part of the fun is especially new vegas but fallout 3 had this too although it was a, a little more limiting where it was more of a just good or bad choice is that it was fun to go back that second time and see what happened when you blew up megaton um stuff yeah. along those lines so i think there is uh i think that's something that or part of the reason why i think bethesda just cut off fallout Four a lot sooner than people expected i think that it, it just yeah. they want to move on and work on something new and hopefully that'll be
2: maybe next time they should bring back the level cap i don't know that that's just my opinion. I, I agree i, I th- yeah i agree because w- without a level cap you essentially saying well you can get everything mm-hmm. right but anyway,
1: yeah i think there's a i think a good example is like final fantasy 15 where they have you you're able to access everything in the level up thing but it's so ridiculously hard and honestly the game would get tedious if you went through all of it Where it's like you'd want to just start a new game up and rebuild your characters, and so I I think that is um, what Bethesda should have done is just to really kind of limit it. Um, Where my characters, but it's a a
2: learning experience. That's what it
1: is. Yep. Next piece of news is about Doom. And uh, its final and third DLC pack is out. It's called Bloodfall. and includes three new maps, Empyrean, which is fight in an ageless colosseum held afloat or held aloft, sorry, by opposing energies as the gilded battlements slowly crumble. That sounds pretty epic, actually. Boneyard, Boneyard, uh, Fallout, uh, battle in the outer realm of hell <laughs> where the landscape is made entirely of demon flesh, teeth, and bones. And Outbreak, engage in intense combat throughout a UAC facility transformed after other or after Underworldly science breaks free from containment. Comes with a grenade launcher as a new weapon and a new playable demon called Specter Pinky. Yep, that's not a joke. Ooh. As fast and heavily armored Pinky Demi with Specter ability, stalk your enemies with invisibility or bull rush to insta-gib all in your path. Yes, I'm, I'm not kidding. Comes with uh, new equipment, uh, new cultist armor sets you hack modules all that stuff so just more multiplayer support and uh, that speaking of doom danny o'dwyer recently did a documentary on doom i don't know if you checked it oh, out. i saw that yeah. did
2: you see how doom originally looked yeah
1: it's it's really really good stuff there i love it
2: yeah it's brilliant yeah. We, we we don't really see that kind of journalistic piece mm-hmm. that much anymore yeah so it, that, that was really refreshing i like i that. agree um Todd
1: Howard is going to be inducted into the AIAS Hall of Fame.
2: Rightfully so. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yeah.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, look, I know that Fallout 4 may not have been your cup of tea, but the man has made or helped direct and produce Morrowind, Oblivion, oh. Fallout Three, mm. Skyrim, mm. and Fallout mm. Four. Okay. And yeah. and even if one of those games is arguably mediocre, arguably not that good. You still got for some, audience. Yeah, for some audiences. You still got four games that most will say is yes, 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 and yes. Fucking awesome. So yeah, I think entirely deserving.
2: Um, no, I, I think it's entirely deserving too. I mean, just because you know a developer makes one game that you might not like, it's not a reason to not give him an award or not think that he should have an award. It's, I, I think he's Todd Howard's a very very easy choice for that. Um, but that is me saying that with not really knowing many other people in his, in a similar position that probably deserving of an award too. Hmm. I just can't think of anyone What's else. What's
1: interesting, and I'm reading the article right now, is that there's only 21 members in this Hall of Fame. So Holy shit. Yeah, so That's pretty exclusive. Todd, yeah, Todd's in a pretty exclusive list. Um, yeah. I mean... And he's also made other games that I think people would like. Uh, The first two Elder Scrolls games. Actually, no. His first foray into Elder Scrolls series was Chapter 2 Daggerfall. I apologize. Um, Mm -hmm. Project leader and designer on Elder Scrolls Adventures, Redguard. And he began pushing world creation and player modding in 2002's Breakthrough Hit, which was obviously Morrowind, as I mentioned. Um, He also started off with Terminator
2: Future Shock. Nothing about Wayne Gretzky hockey. What? wayne Gretzky hockey because maybe it was a shit game yeah i don't know if terminator was
1: any better but still uh, that's that's awesome he's had a very decorated career and it's kind of crazy to think the man's only in like his 40s still got a decent way to go
2: and he looks like he's in his 30s yeah
1: i literally was looking for a thumbnail picture and i had to use his face and (laughs) i'm just i was actually like stunned for a sec i really was i I was like Uh... how does he how does he do that? I need this man's skin and everything. Yeah. So when I'm his age, uh, yeah. I'm looking fresh as fuck like him, <laughs> for, for <laughs> real, really. dude. And it's, <laughs> it's not just the pictures, you know. When when I saw him in person, it was like the same shit. I was like, damn, looking good, bro. <laughs> hey, Todd, how's it <laughs> hey, going? Dad, you're beautiful. <laughs> um, I think that uh, does it fantastic. for the the news. But we wanted to have a, a specific discussion on a, mm-hmm. a topic that um we think would interest a lot of people is the direction of the fallout license so this kind of sparked when recently bethesda announced that there was going to be minecraft skins for fallout 4 now they did this with skyrim this is something I actually just recently learned i remember and and the map pack too yeah 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 i i remember hearing that about skyrim but i just was reminded of it so it's not like a terrible shock to see that but also we see bethesda pinball with like the fallout skyrim doom tables we see bethesda's Putting the Fallout license, we're going to focus on that here, into a mm. lot of different markets. Um, my thoughts are that, you know, if you like Minecraft, um, then you've probably heard of Fallout for Settlement Mode and vice versa. Where I don't really see the correlation in, in bringing uh, those two audiences together. Where I think, with all the marketing focused on the Settlement Mode, that Minecraft players would have heard of it. You know what I'm saying? Where it, it just... Mm. To me, I, I just thought it was weird. But my point that I was trying to make on Twitter, but the character limit <laughs> forces me to go shorthand <laughs> and try to make my point in 180-something characters. So it's tough at times. Yeah. But what I was trying to make a point of is that I feel like there's different ways to expand your brand and your license to new gamers without doing what they're doing with Fallout, which is throwing it in a bunch of different games. And I think a good example... Um, I was looking at other titles that have gone mainstream and I was going to use those as an example, but I'm thinking right now of one that's mainstream under Bethesda's name and that's Elder Scrolls. And I think they've done a good job spreading that name because Skyrim was the breakthrough, I think, for a lot of fans where that was their first Elder Scrolls game. And then ESO reached out to a wider crowd who said, oh, this isn't for me, but I would like to play through my play with my friends. Then you have Elder Scrolls Legends card game. That's like a strategy audience. You could bring in people to the Elder Scrolls universe through that. And I think that's a smarter way of doing it. I think that there almost becomes this license exhaustion when you see it being thrown into everything under the sun. Where I like seeing games expand their universe through their own properties, not putting them into others. Because I think that just is almost like a, a superhero mashup kind of movie where it's like, this is cool seeing all my favorite superheroes together. But it's, you know, like... Usually kind of crappy. Aside from Hmm. Avengers. I think the last one was apparently really good. No, that's Captain America 3. I apologize. (laughs) But yeah, the point I'm making is that I feel like there's this license exhaustion when you're tossing it all around the place. As opposed to just building in your own universe. Another example that I was going to originally use and I'll do now is The Witcher 3. And then you have Gwent, which is a hit. So they made this expansion game for a card-based audience. Gwent, where obviously he's going to bring in Witcher fans, but... It's also going to bring in this new audience who likes the strategy card games, who might have started off with Hearthstone and are looking for something new. I like that. Um, Also, another example for those of you out there who play JRPGs, you know, Kingdom Hearts brings in Final Fantasy characters, and we saw him roll the Final Fantasy Sora, the protagonist for Kingdom Hearts. Now he's in a Final Fantasy game. Um, You see those types of mashups work for each other. Um, They don't feel out of place. And I know this is, in the end of the day, people are just going to say, well, Maddie, they're just trying to make money but i'm saying that i think look at fallout shelter right that made so much money and that was just using the fallout brand it didn't you know it was its own thing it didn't need to go to another license to bring in all the fans fallout 4 is mainstream it's popular enough to just do its own thing and create new properties within the uh actually i don't know if new properties is the right thing but new products under the property is what I'm trying to get at.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe I think a little bit you're overestimating a the the power of Fallout because sometimes what I always need to bear in mind is how much of an audience there is outside our little community and our little hardcore audience, and and it's not just you know we've obviously seen Minecraft Fallout, but there's Mycro- there's Fallout Monopoly, there's there's so much other shit that you know has happened that we probably don't even really really know about. And the, the, the way I see it is that, of course, there are certain, I guess, mediums where Fallout wouldn't be a good fit, right? If there was a Fallout teach kids how to type game, then I'd, I'd understand, like, well, that's, that's just completely silly, right? Mm-hmm. But, for example, focusing on Minecraft, when I was in my Minecraft phase, I used to love um, Minecraft maps where Fallout was the theme. Those were so much fun to explore and so much fun to play as a Fallout fan. So I, I see there being audiences that were very similar in my position back in the day. Um, so I, I thought it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Fallout Pinball, for example, and it wasn't just Fallout. It was like Elder Scrolls and Doom, as you said. It's just, I guess, another way to to put for, the, the Fallout franchise and IP back into the eyes of audiences. And maybe... People that, like, I know we might laugh at the fact that there are just people that like to play pinball games, but there are, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there really are yeah. people that just like to play pinball games. So, they have, having this Fallout, Skyrim, Doom pinball game might bring people to those franchises as well. Like, there, there are hundreds of millions of games that haven't played Fallout, that haven't played Skyrim or Elder Scrolls, and that haven't played Doom. Those games sell well, but how many, t- like, there are how many people that haven't bought those games? There are hundreds of millions of, of, people, of gamers specifically that haven't bought those games. And I think expanding franchises in this kind of way, whether it's a, a pinball, uh, Minecraft map or, or texture pack or whatever, Monopoly, how, how have you, it's not just about getting more money in through easy licensing fees, but it's about, well, if this particular medium, if this particular game, if this particular mashup at least doesn't completely undermine what Fallout or what that game is about, and it just gets the brand and it gets the IP in the eyes of more audiences, then that's only good in my opinion. That's only, Mm. you know, a good level of support for that game.
1: See, I just view it as them. You know, it's so apparent that to me at least, and maybe I'm overlooking it that, or overanalyzing rather, that the Fallout Mm. license gets thrown around way more as what seems like a cash grab in comparison to Elder Scrolls, you know, you see a greater, but they've care had for the ES. same
2: things. No, but they've had Elder Scrolls Monopoly. They've had Elder Scrolls Minecraft, and they, and Elder Scrolls was also in pinball as well. Yeah, that's fair enough. Like, I just, it's I, been I feel it's like, been thrown around to the similar level. But I
1: feel like as of lately, and maybe that's because there's no ES hype, so that could be why. But I feel like there's no Fallout hype anymore. There's definitely not. Where um, the only conversation that seems to be about Fallout nowadays isn't. Uh, good one like hey you know let's talk about the good of Fallout 4. It's usually like okay moving forward how can Fallout improve what what went wrong with Fallout 4. You know what I'm saying? Like I I don't think I'm not saying that you said that, but I just don't feel like hype Mm. or excitement or anything's playing into it. I feel like it's just based off the brand recognition. I think Elder Scrolls is as recognizable as Fallout. So for me I I think just as of lately it it seems like Fallout's just being tossed around everywhere. Where the other thing I, I I view Is that I feel like, and people will disagree with this, by all means, it's just that I look at Fallout, you got this 18 plus, really mature game, especially the older ones, like 1-2. Those are really gritty, dark, um, just different types of universes, and I'm not acting like I was playing them in the fucking 90s, I was still learning how to fucking wipe my ass (laughs) at that point, so um, don't get me wrong there, but I'm just saying... That you look at how it started, what it evolved into, and the series is doing great. It's bigger than ever. But now you kind of look at it, and you're seeing where it's, it's being placed everywhere, where it's almost lost some of the charm to it. Like, is that just me? Because it's all over the place? Um, not that I don't want it to. I like seeing the Fallout name, because I'm sure, like I've said many times, Bethesda's trying to avoid the whole Fallout 4 issue of not talking about it so much to hype fans up. But or to not hype fans up rather, but all it did was hype fans up because they're like, oh, they're quiet for a reason. It's just I, I feel like there's this exhaustion
2: with Fallout that it's
1: just all over no, the place.
2: I, I there would I'd agree with you if it was like every year they were releasing a what tried to be a Fallout console game or PC game. Mm. The the fact that there are these additional spin-offs, whether it's a pinball or a Minecraft map or whatever those are things that i can just look at and say hey that's cool or hey i don't like that i think that's stupid and forget about but when it comes to you know a fully fledged console pc game what fallout is meant to be and there was too much of that then i could agree and say well then things are being a bit exhausted but when it comes to to spin-offs and that if it's just not your cup of tea it's not your cup of tea i don't i don't see that as undermining the fallout brand because the fallout brand predominantly comes in the form of the console pc games.
1: yeah but for me it's like those that's the thing. Is like it's not watering it down in a way because honestly, Bethesda Pinball is pretty fun, and I'm sure there are Minecraft players out there who like the Fallout like pack or whatever call it called. That pack, I- I'm not particularly sure. I mean, I've played a lot of Minecraft, <laughs> but believe it or not, I've, I played it on the 360 a lot because that's where all my friends were. So I didn't have a PC like a good PC at the time. So um, yeah. anyway, what? Yeah, I just I don't know. I I know I stand in and probably the lukewarm area where I I think people can see what I'm trying to say here. But also that, yeah, like what I'm technically doing is overblowing the current issue. It's just like, what if it keeps trending this way? You know, Bethesda Pinball just came out. Then we got Minecraft MacPack. What if we keep seeing Fallout being tossed around? Like, Is that, I mean, I don't think it would do anything for exposure. Like if I'm Bethesda, I think, okay, instead of selling our license to people and having them work with it, how about we work in-house and try to innovate in our own areas? I'm not suggesting that Bethesda makes their own pinball game. But I think, like, for example, Fallout Shelter was a unique idea. I think it captured the Fallout spirit in a unique way, and, but yet it was also kind of like an XCOM, and they evolved the system so much where now it's got its own quests and stuff. Fallout Shelter is fucking awesome, to tell you the truth. It's just, like, I'd like to see that type of emphasis on creativity with the license in all those different areas to bring in new fans, because they can do that, but and Fallout Shelter... They are
2: trying, though. I mean, like don't they have two or three projects happening right now, which could very well be another fallout shelter ish kind of game it doesn't have to be mobile um, but it can be yeah. something in-house well right? no
1: actually what's interesting is i watched a what interview was it i forgot whose video it was but it was an interview with pete hines i want to say it was on star alert's channel i'm not sure though but um during that pete hines said like word for word no the before we see elder Scrolls six there are two large bigger than ever bethesda game studios games that you're going to see
2: so that aren't fallout you,
1: No, I'm saying they aren't mobile games. As in, they're they're full-scale games. So, I mean, it's not news, news. I I mean, most people assume that, but still.
2: I I think, though, like what you're saying about bringing something in-house and and creating their own Fallout game, whatever form that might be, mobile or otherwise, it's a big risk. And when a pre-established pinbook maker like Zen comes to you and says, hey, Mm -hmm. we'll do all the hard work, we'll make this Fallout, Elder Scrolls Doom, Pinball table. All you have to do is help market it, and we'll give you a bunch of money for the licensing. Like, I I, I think if any fan were put into that kind of management position, yeah, and I, and the, and the mashup wasn't too obscure. Again, if it wasn't like a Fallout, teach your kids how to type game or something really really offbeat, mm-hmm. then I think most people would say, yeah, why wouldn't we? I mean, that's that's an easy win right yeah and if anything it's just more exposure I, to it. I
1: totally get that and the reason i say that is because you know recently with when i sold socks you, that's kind of how the proposition was hey we'll make the socks we'll ship the socks yeah we just want your permission and you know i was just like well of course you know if the socks look great i would like a pair yeah. myself and i'm sure there are viewers who would so i yeah like i said i i get what bethesda is doing they're making their money they're doing the right thing from a business sense. I'm not saying they're really treating the license like shit. I'm just saying if it tr- keeps trending this way is what I'm trying to get at in this long yeah. of discussion is that I feel like if it keeps going this way that, you know, for example, uh, the, the elder scrolls pinball was so fucking off and weird. Um, if I'm quite honest that it, it just, I don't think it did that license justice and it's a pinball games. So who gives a fuck? Right. I'm just saying though, that I think, fallout was a little strange in the pinball game too it just there was it didn't feel unique to the universe it just felt like pinball with a fallout skin which i expected i'm just saying though that you could argue that's carelessness with the license and then let's say that carelessness carries into others um i'm just i'm saying that i'd rather personally as a fan see that spin off. it's really no skin off my nose i can completely ignore bethesda pinball and minecraft and stuff and keep living my life yeah. but it's just I, i'd rather just see that that off. you know just if you're going to start I, handing I, out I the think... license why don't you hand it out for something that fans really do want yeah the pinball is cool yeah the Fallout shelter is cool even though that was in-house but yeah all this stuff is awesome to see why don't we do something with the license that you know your fans really are going to be like okay
2: see, cool. Th- that's the thing they might very well have been doing that. The fact that they've been a bit easier with giving their license, the Fallout franchise license to Zen and giving it to Mojang, doesn't that in of itself indicate that they might very well give it to maybe not Obsidian but another developer to do Fallout New Orleans or whatever the next out off might be? I mean, they're not at, at least you know if there is a silver lining, this indicates that Bethesda aren't so protective of Fallout that what they won't let anyone else work on it. So I see this as a way of saying, well, maybe they have already licensed the Fallout franchise to someone else because they've done it with all these other things that aren't even like you know that don't technically fit with Fallout, like pinball or Minecraft. Why wouldn't they do that with the with the main franchise? I I, I see it as a, they're probably doing it, honestly.
1: Yeah, I guess it's just you know, that's speculation. Pardon me. Versus what, no, what that's they're, definitely what they're at. Yeah, thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I, I agree. I feel like they're... they. Okay, for made too much money to just drop the license and not do anything with it. That's the thing. It's just a matter of when. So I yeah. agree that, yeah, they're going to do something. It's just that based off what we know right now, what we're seeing right now is kind of what yeah, I'm going enough. off of. But yeah, like I, I totally admit that what I'm discussing is kind of an overblowment of a... That's not even a fucking word. I'm totally overblowing <laughs> the issue. Um.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not. But there is a limit, Matt. Like you're right, though. Like eventually, like like Gans and that I mentioned, like th- there is a limit where if they kept doing this every other week, then yeah, then I'm like, all right, well, okay, we're seeing enough of it. But I, I'm not seeing it. It is too frequent. Mm. I mean, Minecraft was was recently, as was Pinball. But before that, what what else did we really yeah, have? I... Like we had Fallout Shelter before Fallout Four. Like I, I I don't I don't see the situation as dire yet. It can get there there it, 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 it could be something that's so obscure and offbeat that i think well that's just dumb mm-hmm. but i haven't seen that yet no, to agree. be honest
1: yeah no you're right that's a good way of putting it i guess you know just what if it you could think uh, a good example actually would be like how it was during the fallout 4 hype period which it makes sense then where they were putting it like figures um what else did they do collectibles um it just fallout was everywhere fallout loot crate fallout pop
2: um oh it's still everywhere like they're still releasing bloody new stuff i mean and it's not and not just with fallout i mean i was in eb games the other day and man they, they not just have like the fucking pop toys but there are also like the mini ones too that comes in the boxes that are random oh yeah and, and i got one so, on my desk yeah and, and now they're, they're selling the you know the um dog meat plushie that only came with one of the special editions of fight 4 they're selling that separately now too but like with the goggles and shit and the scarf oh, i have that. like yeah, you probably like you probably have it, but now yeah, they're it selling the, that separately.
1: It came with the Loot
2: Crate. You know, I even saw, you know those big fucking Vault Boy thumbs up things that they uh, have, like, the, you know, usually in their offices yeah. or whatever. When I first purchased Fallout 4, I bought a colored version of that, like a little miniature one It's next to me right now. Hmm. But they're now also selling that in black and white. Hmm. Who the fuck knows why, but they're doing <laughs> this it. Is a, like,
1: this it's... is kind of different.
2: All right, we'll do this. <laughs> It's literally just like a black and white version of the the yellow and blue one that we usually get. So like the, the merchandising is crazy, and and I saw Fallout Monopoly yesterday. It's just like it, you, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a, a popular franchise, and it's just bringing in money that helps other games and other development. So that, that's what I'm seeing. Yeah.
1: I'm just I'm just hoping that this leads to a, a spin off or a new Fallout game.
2: me too i've said that we need it we definitely need it we're not waiting i just want to move on from
1: the discussion of fallout 4 that's not like i'm not saying this from a youtube standpoint i'm just saying from like i feel like if i'm bethesda i want to get it not in a rush it kind of way but i want to get a fallout game out there as soon as fucking possible to be like okay we we listened Shh, be quiet enough (laughs) we get it (laughs) you know something along those lines love fallout again yeah exactly (laughs) Anyway, <clears throat> that'll wrap up all we have to say on the Bethesda News Roundup. How about what we're playing, our favorite the <laughs> favorite gaming news bit? <clears throat> you want to go first? Mm.
2: I would love to go first. So I've been just doing my regular Let's Playing, playing Fallout 3 and Assassin's Creed 1. So yeah, I do want to touch on Assassin's Creed 1. And th- were we talking about this at the start yeah. or before we started? So... I think it was at the start. But again, I love Assassin's Creed 1. All right. It's, it's not the best assassin's creed by any means it was very average it gets so repetitive at times but i don't know like there's a sense of nostalgia for me Mm -hmm. and there are certain points in the game where again particularly when you're killing the the targets and the stories play like there's some fucked up shit that goes on another example you mentioned the one in the souk where, where the guy's getting stabbed but the other one where it's kind of like a I love I love bringing up Bioshock in in weird instances, but it's kind of like um what's his name Doctor Steinman in in Bioshock One, where there's this doctor that is taking care quote unquote of people in this hospital, and really he's just like making them fucked up right and experimenting on them and breaking their legs and all this shit. Like that game gets really really dark at times, and it's just so undermined by all the other aspects of how repetitive it gets of how kind of similar every single location looks Mm -hmm. and that's just leading to how they absolutely nailed it with Assassin's Creed 2 I think you could have asked for no better sequel yeah um you know then then assassin's creed 2 especially when you compare to how mediocre the original assassin's creed 1 was and i remember i, I mentioned this in a past podcast honestly it's like the, the first assassin's creed is being treated like a, a long lost son that doesn't exist anymore <laughs> honestly you don't hear about it anymore it's so sad but i see why because it's not that great it's, it's, it's okay, amazing though it's...
1: when you think of How popular Assassin's Creed is. I mean, a movie's coming out in a couple of days as we record this. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm actually going to see it. I'm I'm (laughs) actually, I I said it when in the, the, what we call the Lost podcast. I I pledged (laughs) that I wouldn't see it, but I said, you know what? I want to see this. I want to, I want to see this hot garbage.
2: And it's not going to be. I've, heard, I've, I've heard, heard, heard good it. things
1: from early screening, so I, I'm a little more optimistic about I've
2: it. I've heard good things, and like they're even saying that you know how they have this cool new animus in the movie. Mm-hmm. They're even saying they're going to bring that to the games, and I think that's awesome because that animus shits on the one in the games. Yeah. I don't see how people think that that is not better. It is so much cooler. It's amazing. Yeah. But anyways, continue. Yeah.
1: What I was saying <laughs> is that you, you see how popular it is now. You got movies, spinoffs. It was an annualized franchise, one of the most popular. Very much loved, uh, and it started off as pretty bad, you know.
2: Hey. Oh, it started off. Yeah, no, I agree. And oh, if you tried to get all the achievements in that game too, uh, it was just collect one of one a uh, hundred flags in the downtown district of Jerusalem, and like yeah, it was holy so fuck. simple. It was and,
1: just collect the thon right.
2: Uh it was, and there was like you know, do all these viewpoints and all that stuff. It was just you know, you know what? Kill fifty Templars. Uh. I hated it. I hated it. But in the combat, it was so easy.
1: Wait till someone strikes. I, I just, I'd just always just fight people in that game, though, because the counters where you just smoothly just deflect their sword to the side and just let them ride into yours, yeah, it was yeah, so yeah. satisfying, man. Um, yeah, I remember sure. I used to have a picture on my phone of Assassin's Creed 4. I literally had probably like 40 dead guards around me because all I did was just stand there and counter until they stopped attacking me and just so many dead bodies. It was beautiful. <laughs> That's brilliant yeah.
2: Love it uh, Favorite news um, And favorite news bit I want to say it again And you probably talked about it In the last podcast But I'm so excited For the Nintendo Switch And here's why Right <laughs> Here is Here's why, why. <laughs> First of all I, I, I see myself Being able to play this Every day Because I spend about An hour On on a train every day, right? That's an hour of game time, not looking at my phone, but just fucking playing games on the Switch. So there's an hour. And before bed, I'm always watching videos on my on my phone, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. That's probably going to be swapped w- with the Nintendo Switch. So I see at least, you know, times that I was, was never really able to play games that I liked, like I don't really like mobile games, times where I now, or when it comes out of it, uh, eventually in, in March, that I'd start to be able to play Nintendo Switch and I'll be able to play games. Effectively, I'm seeing the Switch as being able to create an hour and a half more gaming in each of my days. Like, out of nothing. Because you can play it on the go. Mm. And you can play it in your bed. It's just... I, I'm so excited for it. I, I legitimately am. And apparently, they're bringing back all the virtual console for the GameCube. Yeah, we talked about obviously that. every other, yeah, g- every other game that's on the, on the virtual console. Like, Wind Waker on the GameCube. I'm so excited to replay that. Like... Honestly, I'm going to be playing this so much. And the thing is, it's not going to take away from any of my other gaming because I'm playing it on the go when I would never game anyways. Hmm. That's why I'm excited about this. I'm legit Hmm. hyped. Gaming on the go, huh? Yes. Hmm. I'm on a train for an hour every day, sometimes more. And if I could just bring out a Switch and and start playing Breath of the Wild, fuck yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I
1: I totally get you, bro. (laughs) I mean, for me, I mean... When I just want to play on the go, I mm. this really cool thing.
2: Yeah. 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 You know what it's called? it yeah. Go on, say it. I know you want to say it, bro. It's dead, but it's gone. <laughs> get out of there. Say it. Someone said it was like its fifth birthday
1: and I think it was Shinobi you quoted it and said happy memorial day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was just like, fuck Look, There's probably still some weird Japanese titles Coming out for it every fucking week Yeah, there are, trust me, there are <laughs> I know oh, Good old
1: PS Vita mm-hmm. No, what you were saying right there You and Noah used to shit on me For handheld <laughs> gaming And you're saying, no, okay, no, like no, I don't I take I a train said... every day And all that stuff uh, But like, yeah, I can totally vibe out with the Oh, I'm laying in bed, I I'll usually watch TV Or go on my phone now I can substitute that with gaming. Like I do that with my 3DS or my Vita. I'm like, yo, guys, like this is what I've been talking about. You finally I, get I it. I never <laughs> said. I
2: never. I never bash on handheld gaming. I bash on the PS Vita mm-hmm. because it doesn't have the games that I like to play. Like. B- whether nah, you know I'll people be honest, criticize is that,
1: me or, is that the not to cut you off, but the Switch is going to be what the Vita tried to be. That's the that's the sad part. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to love the, this and probably trash my. I'm beard.
2: hoping I'm hoping that it is because the only reason why I don't really like I never really got again into the Vita after owning a PSP, and I never really get into mobile gaming is because the games that I like to play, the triple A blockbuster games, mm-hmm. aren't really available on those handheld yeah. consoles. And it seems like that they will be available for the Nintendo Switch. And I absolutely love Nintendo games, and I just haven't gotten into them because the Wii U for a while was just not supported, and and yeah. I didn't want to spend however much money to to play a console that didn't really have many games. But now with the Nintendo Switch, man, I cannot wait what to play I, these. You know, games. What I games. really
1: hope Nintendo does for a launch plan is on top of whatever launch titles they have for the um nintendo switch i hope that they give a lot of games on the wii u a second life i'm talking like uh bayonetta 2 that was
2: apparently they are though maddie like okay. apparently a lot of the games that are available on the Wii U are just being moved to See, the yeah, switch that,
1: that's smart because the switch they they know is going to sell more if they do it right and so there's because there's some really good ones on the wii u they are just they're like you said they're so few and far between it's it's yeah. not common enough to justify um, like a day one purchase, like I, f- man, I feel bad for anyone who bought Wii U on day one. I'm sorry. Oh,
2: you could've, apparently, could've done so much apparently, with that money. <laughs> and this is just a rumor, right? But apparently, Breath of the Wild isn't coming to the Wii U anymore, and I would feel so bad for Ooh. people that have a Wii U, or maybe like. And to be honest, though, if you purchase a, a Wii U now without Breath of the Wild, and you just purchased it for Breath of the Wild, that's a little bit silly because yeah. it's not even out yet. So what are you doing with an empty console for however many months? But don't buy a Wii U now. I but mean, I mean, you got to think be... of the
1: people who already owned one. I mean, it's a very small margin That's of true. gamers, of but course, they already yeah. own one, and then they can't afford the Switch, which which suck. Really, no, no, that, really that, no definitely
2: it does suck. But that, this is what I mean, though, right? If you only have enough money to buy one console, like obviously, ex- like not talking about the people <laughs> that already purchased a Wii U, feel shitty for them, trust mm-hmm. me. But now don't purchase a wii u yeah. wait for the switch no, it's coming I agree. out in march if nintendo's yeah format. if
1: nintendo's smart they they jump ship on the wii u entirely like take the star fox game i don't know if that came out yet but take that off the wii u um yeah. like halt development on any wii u games and, and literally put them on the switch that, that's i'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that they
2: don't like even ukulele um, the game that was being kick-started right that's coming is out now, that's saying... in april i think but they're not. It's not coming on the Wii U anymore. It's moving to the Switch.
1: Mm, yeah. So that's probably a trend of how things are going to go. Yeah. That's good though because I For think that. when the Wii U launched, I was watching a video on it, and they said like twelve partners they had, and and so the Switch has like fifty something. So that's hope so. That's awesome.
2: But like partners, like
1: like the, we're really
2: excited, and they don't support it, no. like. The
1: remember when they said like when they announced the switch with the trailer and they said like here's a list of the people who are going to be working with us on the Nintendo Switch and like Bethesda was there, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm excited partially because of Bethesda because Todd Howard seems like fucking hyped up on this system, man. He's he's like yo, so. he, yeah. He was like, man, this is going to be awesome. I really love the idea of it. Uh, I just get this feeling Todd's going to like develop an NCAA game on the side for it. he's talked so much about how he wants a new one he's begged ea multiple times i just see him being like all right guys let's make this like 20 dollar arcade ncaa ncaa title just something so (laughs) obscure could you see that that would be fucking nuts i could say that
2: do you you know what i see legitimately coming to the switch straight away is fallout shelter straight away Mm -hmm.
1: fallout shelter i don't know about fallout 4 but skyrim skyrim special edition
2: I think, I think, no, like, they, they literally advertised Skyrim. Like, that game has to that come. That
1: has up. to, yeah. they When they said, like, right. we're not sure if it's going to, I'm like, are you fucking kidding? No, no, no. Like, <laughs>
2: that- you know why they said that? It's because, like, they they want to talk about all the games at once. Nintendo wants to control the marketing, yada, yada, yada. It's coming. I guarantee mm, you it's coming.
1: I, I forgot it better, dude. It better. It's coming. I'm, I'm I'm I, that's one of the reasons I'm buying a fucking <laughs> Nintendo Switch, dude. Playing Bethesda Game Studio games, like, those big of titles on the go, that's the dream
2: bro but this is the thing this is the fucking thing you can only play Nintendo games on a Nintendo console and virtual console brings them all back and now including GameCube games like fucking Twilight Princess fuck yeah let's do it Twilight Princess, that was Wii no was that Wii? no, I think it was GameCube too wasn't it? Twilight
1: Princess actually, yeah, I think you're right I'm not 100% sure though
2: uh, we oh no, Wii, Wii U, and GameCube. Well, it's because of Virtual Console. Mm-hmm. But I think it first came out for the GameCube. So, anyways, regardless, whatever. That game was great. Yeah, oh, man. I know, and I need to play it. I fucking need to play it.
1: Yeah, that's so. Anyways, that's I'm, my news. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I mean, dude, it's it's kind of cool how they announced it. It's coming out soon.
2: It's coming out so soon. Yeah. I'm midnight launch. How much do you I'm, think I'm it's pre-ordering? Uh, okay, well, I'm gonna hmm. go with four hundred. No, I think it's going to be cheaper than that. Yeah. Right now, what's the PlayStation 4 in the US? Th- the base one, not yeah, the Yeah, I'm Pro. trying to
1: think, because there's so many fucking versions now. There's, like, the Pro, so PS4. I think there's a Slam? I don't fucking know. Um,
2: so right now... It retailed okay. Well, the Xbox One in the US retailed for 4.99. Then they dropped that to 400 when they removed the Kinect. I think it's 300 now in the US. I think so,
1: right? Yeah, because Noah's looking to buy one. and I think it's
2: 300. Why is he buying one now when the Scorpio is coming out? Because
1: he's so late on everything, dude. He just started playing the fucking Witcher. <laughs> he started playing <laughs> the Witcher Three. Noah is late on so much shit now. He used to be the guy in high school he was on top of every fucking launch dude fifa oh, street God. he was on top of that even <laughs> and now there's a shadow of him for his former self well look
2: all right the xbox one s for example in australia xbox one s is 399 okay, all right so, yeah. i see the this nintendo switch and, and that's australian mind you so that's probably 300 us i see the switch being 399 australian or 450 australian so either 300 us or 350 us okay that's that's my that's my guess. I don't think that they're going to um, outprice the the Xbox One or PS4. And here's why. And here's a lesson in economics. All right, because this is really shitting me. Do you know how you hear a lot of people that said it happened with the Amiibo and it happened with the Mini NES that well, what they're doing, they're intentionally uh, restricting supply so that demand of the console goes up. Blah blah blah. Do you know you hear, hear those arguments that that happen all the time. Mm. All right. That is not how economics works, all right? (laughs) Supply and demand, people, for fuck's sake. Listen, the level of a product demanded is affected by its price, okay? What Nintendo is doing is actually underpricing Amiibos. They're underpricing the Mini NES. Why? Because the price that people are willing to buy it is actually above $99. That's why eBay is selling Mini NESs for fucking $400, $500. People actually want to spend more on these consoles. So Nintendo is technically underpricing. The point at which supply and demand hits its price equilibrium, that's what they're selling it at. Fuck!
1: Yeah, Fuck. I learned that type Anyways. of stuff in microeconomics. No, I understand. <sighs> I just don't like when they, um, I talked this about this before, but when they intentionally sold out uh, in, on the mini NES, and then they hiked the price on Walmart to
2: $300. Like, come on! That's not, that's not Nintendo, that's Walmart, though. Ah! Nintendo, like... Uh, no, 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 I'm pretty sure, and I don't know I think if the Nintendo, laws in the US... I think Nintendo no, I just, has to have a same. I, I don't know what the laws in the US, I think all though. prices are no, 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 different no.
1: based off whatever no. business. I'm just, I'm just imagining uh, so.
2: No, I, I think there are laws in place, and I am going to say it's in the case in the US as well, where uh, Nintendo, for example, can't say to Walmart, you must sell it at this price. They can give a recommended retail price, but it's really up to the retailer. And that's why at Walmart, and that's why Kogan in Australia, for example... Can sell the mini NES for 250 bucks or more online because Nintendo can't control that. Hmm. They can give a recommended retail price, but that's it. That's interesting. I, I that's hmm.
1: that's really strange to tell you the truth. You think that they'd have control over a product like that?
2: But they can't. They can't because then that's going to make everyone sell at the same price, which means that they can price higher, and that means that the consumer is worse off. When there's competition in pricing, when when a retailer can sell a product lower than the recommended retail price so then- which is like what is happening in, the, in australia let me i'll tell you what's happening in australia now with games for example you have eb games right which is always selling games at around recommended retail price at the highest price but there's a, there are jb hi-fi stores and there are big w stores and there are target stores that are always selling games at around 50 to 60 70 dollars maybe for new games that are coming out and that's because the publisher can't control the price of the game so they can re- they can sell games for lower than the RRP, make a lower margin, but they're Mind selling more, more a gentleman, of
1: it. He's talking about in Australia. So $60 in is, Australia, it, yeah, sixty dollars
2: yeah. is the base price here, but that's cheaper in Australia. <laughs> so it would be like, put it this way, it would be like in if GameStop was selling your games for $60 at, at full retail mm-hmm. and other retailers were selling them at $40 to $50 brand new, like at, at the time of release. That's what's happening in Australia because a publisher can't control the price a retailer sells a game at or a product. Hmm.
1: So, what about sales then? Because I thought, for like, for example, the Steam sale, they can't just say, okay, yeah. we're going to put this on sale. Because then you're deciding yep. how they're making less money, correct?
2: So, and, and that's an interesting one, because I don't know how the laws differ to online stores. Okay. But I don't... Yeah, that's, that is a good point. But I do know in Australia that you can't say... You at least can't say to a, to a retailer, you must sell at this price. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm like that's I'm 100 or 99% sure that that's the fucking law.
1: Yeah, so. I mean, I'm sure someone will mention it in the comments. But yeah. regardless, as for me, what I've been playing, this is honestly a, a game that just came out on the Xbox preview program, if you want to even call it that. It's called Gigantic. Have you heard of this game?
2: No, I have not. Okay,
1: now I'm not. I'm usually one for like obscure random titles, but I'm really really surprised that no one has talked about this game like i saw someone live streaming it and i was like this game looks fucking fun dude so what it is is it's a moba now i'm not like crazy on mobas i liked battleborn a lot i liked smite a lot i hate league of legends to tell you the truth guys and i hate dota so (laughs) clearly i like a certain style of moba which is the third person action type ones which focus on more speed and gameplay than the i want to say strategy but um I think the entry barrier is a little bit lower for those types of MOBAs compared to... And Battleborn's not a third-person one, so I don't know why I coupled in there. But I think the entry barrier is lower for those MOBAs compared to a League of Legends or a Dota 2. And so Gigantic is so different from other MOBAs. Um, oh, Paragon's another one I've played. Um, Gigantic mm. is much quicker matches compared to Paragon, which... Matches can go on for up to an hour. Like, I've sat there for over an hour during a match. It's insane. Um, Gigantic has this just really quick pace. It, it emphasizes, like, sprinting, um, playing a little bit more aggressive than usual. Obviously, you can't go one-on-two. You need teammates' help. Um, fantastic heroes. Really diversified cast, um, where you'll have, like, Beckett with twin guns, um, but you'll have, like, a jet pack, too. She's almost like Django Fett in a way. It's really cool. Or... I mean, there's 16 heroes, four coming out later on. It's just a really awesome and different MOBA. Instead of being about... uh, I don't know if you've played MOBAs alone, but, like, you know how there's usually, like, lanes and towers? Hmm. Instead, you're summoning creatures, and those creatures can either heal the team, uh, help spot enemies, or build walls. (laughs) Build a wall. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they can, like... Not trap the enemy, but block off one of their entryways to make them funnel down a certain path. And so it's those type of dynamic things. And also these, you could argue these creatures serve as the um, the towers, but they're really not. They're not like high damaging things. And what happens is you if you kill an enemy, you get 10 power. And if you kill one of the creatures, you get 20. And you want to get to 100 first. Because when you get to 100, that's why they call it gigantic. is because then you're like guardian beast attacks their gigantic guardian beast and you have to run into their base and do damage to it and pull out um before you know their team like i don't know spawns or ganks you or whatever so it's this really kind of tug of war type of match that's not just about you know pacing and going back and forth in the same lane it's really about um teaming up trying to take down the enemy as quickly as possible so you can get to their summons Take those out so you can build up those points, but also being careful because they can take you out and then go for your summons, of course. And then trying to attack at the right time while the gigantic is down. So it's really unique, and it's only five gigabytes. So if you have an Xbox One out there, it's free. Uh, it's really well done. It you know it, it's in alpha, I think, but it's I haven't experienced any real bugs or anything like that. The game crashed once, and one time when I respawned, I was like floating in midair. But other than that, really, it, it's been a fantastic game. And I cannot recommend it enough. It's really taken me by surprise. It's the first game to pull me away from, like, Overwatch and Final Fantasy in a long-ass time. So
2: Overwatch? Damn, Matty.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, dude, I cannot praise Gigantic enough. It is—I gotta put more time into it, of course, but right now I'm having a fucking good-ass time with it. Seriously. Interesting. It's five gigabytes, so if you're out there, you're you're bored one night, you're listening to the podcast, and you're just chilling— then I really recommend you take the time to download it. Let me know what you think, because it's it's a fantastic game, really. And for those who haven't tried MOBAs, this is a perfect entry point. That's the other thing I should emphasize. Um, It's so good that I do plan on making a video on it down the line, because it's, uh, like I said, it's good for people who have never played MOBAs before. But that's what I'm playing. Favorite news bit we just talked about, Overwatch. It's a holiday event,
2: man. It's the holiday event. But yeah those are cool i must admit yeah but why here's the, here's the question that i have about overwatch's holiday event why are certain characters like diva always snubbed and they never get fucking skins okay, yeah, why does that happen yeah, that's
1: the problem i have is zarya has the worst
2: fucking skins diva does too
1: and they're some of my favorite characters to use they're like in my top five like i use them both so much and they have the worst fucking skins like Diva got yeah. a new victory pose and she's just covered in Christmas lights. Why isn't that just a skin? Just Vita Vita Jesus. Diva covered in Christmas <laughs> lights. Like that that fit her perfectly.
2: Um it's, it's this, so funny cuz Diva gets a not even a skin but a victory pose with some christmas lights and then look at fucking uh what's his name um Reaper mm. with his awesome flaming yeah, blue yeah, fucking Reaper just out got skin. a sick
1: fucking halloween skin <laughs> and he just got another cool one like i i thought for sure he wasn't going to get another one but Zarya gets this stupid ass fucking camo one it's called frosted but it's just like a reskin it's oh that one was so bad uh may got a new one she's got a christmas outfit oh, R-
2: roadhog got a really yeah, good roadhog one. got a good
1: one i'm surprised that wasn't an epic skin that's 750 that's yeah. not a 3000 tracers i'm oh god my garage door i'm just gonna keep talking tracers is on some fucking next level shit i want her so bad dude that's like how I was a mercy in her witch skin i need to that's get fair. tracers um i got the nutcracker zen
2: I was so happy. But it, it doesn't make sense to me, honestly, that certain characters are left out mm. in a holiday event. That doesn't make sense. Everyone got a little,
1: got a little something, though. Like, McCree, uh, he got a new skin, but he also got a new emote. Zarya got the best fucking emote. It, it's literally just her. She keeps opening gifts, and, like, it's the same gift on the inside, but, like, she just keeps opening a gift. It's, like, a gift inside a gift inside a gift, and it just keeps going. Um, Widowmaker got, like, a new... Um, highlight intro, because, you know, everyone uses fucking Widowmaker. Everyone got, like, Christmas voice lines, of course. Like, everyone got a little something. Uh, Most of them were, like, aesthetic that you could see. Everyone got a, um, just like with the Halloween one, victory poses where they're toasting, which I really liked. Mm. Um, The the Christmas event is really good compared to the Horde mode for Halloween, which I thought was good, but, like, it wasn't as replayable. You know, I didn't have I didn't spend as much time into, into it after the first day or two where Mm. I really like this snowball fight with May because it's it doesn't have like any it's got like this really happy music faintly playing on Echo Point Antarctica and there's Christmas lights and like May has all these new lines where she's like I'm gonna get you and it's it's so innocent dude it's it's honestly (laughs) great it it puts a smile on my face and the point uh for those who haven't played it is that May is obviously an ice-based character and she just shoots a snowball out of her gun now and it's a one shot and the only way you can refill the snowball is by going to a snow pile and putting snow into your gun so yeah. you know it's really cool it's really different and i i like it a lot it's got a lot of charm to it and I, I, who was it i think it was kotaku or pc gamer someone made a fucking article saying how it was terrible And i was like are you kidding <laughs> like i was like are you are you That's fucking good. joking me but yeah, that's that's what my favorite gaming news is because I love these Overwatch events. I'm trying to think what the next one's gonna be. It's probably gonna be like
2: uh Valentine's Day? What is the next big event? what about New Year's uh like no, New Year's is too soon. No, nah, they they coupled uh, in some
1: New Year's stuff. That's why I think they have like toasts and they have oh, did they? some like they have a lot of player icons like Cheers and uh New Year's like fireworks and stuff. I'd imagine that. Next one's probably going to be like Valentine's Day. And if not, Easter, for sure.
2: Yeah, interesting. Okay. yeah, Fair enough. Holy
1: shit, dude. We what? never got fewer questions, dude.
2: I did. Don't you oh! worry. Don't oh! you worry. I've, I've oh! been prepared. Like, as soon as you started, I thought, hey, we oh! hadn't done this. So I sent out a <laughs> sneaky tweet about an hour ago. <laughs> wow, holy
1: shit. Well, then feel free to go ahead and
2: to, to pick answer some, ask some questions. Now... Matty, you want to know who asked the very, very first question? He's not the first one, but it's probably the best one. Mm, Ratchet or Brand? Yes, or, Ratchet. Yeah, Ratchet. I so, at Ratchet570 asks, I'm telling you, Manny, you always ask good questions, and you know it. Everyone knows it. Yeah. He asks, what's your favorite one-off game that never got a sequel, but you wish it did? I know your answer. I know what mine is. Wow. Yeah. Wait, what's... All right, wait, you want to know what mine is? mine. <laughs> I don't okay i want to say right, this is mine and i'm hoping it's yours rage
1: oh wow yeah that's a great answer yeah 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 <laughs> yeah that's a great answer wow
0: yeah my thought
1: was like a star wars bounty hunter because that game was great of course,
0: of course it is <laughs> no
1: but Ra- now rage is a way better answer honestly that didn't <laughs> come to mind yeah, dude, Rage is fucking fantastic. That's a game that I noticed um, after we talked about it a little bit earlier, Danny O'Dwyer's documentary. A lot of people were talking about it yeah, and that's appreciating right. appreciating Rage a little bit more. It seems that a lot of people it... believe this is a, a game that's really underrated. So I'm hoping maybe we'll see something from the... It has a
2: lot of potential. Like, obviously, there's a lot of things that it wrong, and the story ending was fucking dreadful, yeah. but... It has a lot of potential, and the fact that they released a DLC a year after the game was released—I'll like, tell you what happened, right? So, it was my friend and I were in our 100% achieve everything, you know, phase, yeah, and we did it—we did rage, and I'm like, "All right, we're good, we'll, we'll sell it." I, I got rid of the game, and a year and a half later, my friend messages me and he's like, "Um, you know that we haven't got all the achievements for rage?" I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about, bro?" I check my achievement list, and there's like five or ten that I haven't gotten. I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> they released a new DLC a year and a half after the game was released, with like, and literally no other major updates until that uh. point. And it was like this one door in the fucking game to a bar or something. That was closed off, and suddenly uh, yeah, it was open. I remember you saying that. Oh man, it was just—it was funny. But then I had to buy the game again and complete it. But yeah, th- that's definitely one game. Hmm. Do you have another one, or is Rage your answer too?
1: Yeah, Rage has to be my answer too. Like right when you said that, that yeah. clicked to me. I mean, here I'll—I'll I'll fire open my Steam library real quick, just because I know that. Um,
2: I'm sure yeah, another well, one. Let's will see. Um, mind. Uh, hmm. how about? I don't know, man. I don't know. Hmm. Okay, hold on. My Steam library. Oh, oh, I got one. I got one. I got one. Spec Ops The Line.
1: Yeah. That's a fucking sequel. Oh, (laughs) my God, dude. I don't even know if you can top that shit. What a fantastic game that was. Oh, my.
2: Oh, I'm I'm so doing that in my Let's Play list. Thank you for reminding me, Lone. You're
1: welcome. That's a good idea. All right. This wasn't a one-off, but I'm going to couple this in as Cliffhanger, that that could have continued into a entry of a game, and it never got one. Darkness Two. Okay. Have you ever played Darkness Two?
2: I've never. Oh, I've heard
1: of it. dude, it, it's so good. Honestly, I love the Darkness Two. Um, it's a game where you're playing as like a guy from the mob, and it's a really emotional story, and it's just a lot of internal conflict, and it's a really gory okay. gameplay system. And when it ends, it's such a strong ending. And it's like, oh, there could totally be a third one. <laughs> and there's not. So that's that's one. Uh, a one-off yeah, no. that never got a sequel. What else do we got here?
2: Because honestly, there's not that many one-off games. And if there are, we don't remember them anymore. Because mm-hmm. they were one-off Yeah, true. Games. They were one-offs. So I'm just
1: scrolling through just to make sure. Oh, I hate to. Rogue Warrior. Uh <laughs>
2: uh yeah i think that's, that's yeah. probably about yeah. it yeah that would be yeah all so the wolf let's... among us and... they, ha-
1: they haven't announced a season two for that oh, so yeah. the wolf among us <laughs> that'll that'll be in there for now because fuck okay that.
2: fair enough um oh, whoa,
1: oh oh! whoa 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 whoa, 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 whoa. I, can, an answer, I can't i can't believe you? i actually said star wars bounty hunter without thinking of star wars republic commando what the fuck, man! What
2: are all these random Star Wars games? Matty? Oh
1: my dude, Republic Commando <laughs> is is a first person shooter set in the Star Wars universe. Um, I think it's was it right
0: before episode?
1: Yeah, it was like during episode three, uh, before Order sixty six, and it's just such a great squad based shooter. A really good story ends in a cliffhanger where like one of the members. I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't played it. Really though, it, it just yeah. It is so good, and they ended in a spot where they were going to continue with Imperial Commando, and they never did. And okay, so yeah, Republic Commando is going to be my answer.
2: All right, so I have a, another good question. It's not exactly what he asked, but I'm going to twist it this way anyway. So, at bp, BP Herman on Twitter asks, the idea is off, uh, kind of funny, but create a cast for a full Fallout movie now. Oh yeah, they, create a cast. Yeah. All right. So either you want to create a cast But I was more interested in about What would be the rough plot for a Fallout movie What plot would do Fallout justice What, mm. what, what do we reckon Maddie? That would take a lot of
1: thought Because you'd have to think of a plot That creates a compelling character That you didn't create Which Fallout's okay, always well, been known all, for First
2: of all, East Coast or West Coast hmm.
1: Or both <laughs> I'm going to go West
2: Okay. yeah I'm gonna go west. Right.
1: I think East looks better in games, but I think West would hit more of the atmosphere
2: in the movie
1: i some think, people might think vice versa
2: honestly like just for the 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 set scenes that this would produce, there needs to be like a west versus East coast for that movie where the n c r battles against the brotherhood maybe mm-hmm. for the battle of Helios one mix that in somehow, but there needs to be some sort of major conflict, and the main character or the protagonist is like playing his or her own role and that's how it plays out because essentially that's how new Vegas happens. That's how kind of, I guess to an extent four Out three happens, you're helping the brotherhood against the enclave. That's what I would like to see. I think that would be a good for that movie. Yeah. I
1: mean, in terms of plots, I, cause I take plot really seriously. Like when I've had mm. to do like story writing and stuff like that for class where, I can't – I don't think I could just spin one really off the top of my head without it sounding absolutely fucking insane. <laughs> really, I couldn't. I'd have to – I because I, I had to –
2: hmm. Well, maybe for the next podcast you can think of something. That, yeah, that could be one of the – It would definitely be had
1: to values. be like – for me, I'd, I'd start off with like a baseline of like, okay, it's got to be faction versus faction here. What two factions yeah. am I going to pick? Um, I'd have to pick like one faction that people are familiar with and one that really hasn't been explored all that much. Like, Or here's a – Cool story idea it could be like a uh, a band of brotherhood outcasts and kind of like unveiling the truth and corruption within the original brotherhood because I think that's a great idea. Fantastic idea. I think Fallout Four yeah, yeah. touched on some of like you know brotherhood's not really what you think it is, um like the originals did. And I think Four or uh, like a, a movie Three would be hey, you know what happened? Like, let's say we got this band of outcasts. They got kicked out of the Brotherhood. They want to expose the truth and you know expand their yeah. cause for what they feel the Brotherhood really is, and then it, it becomes this Brotherhood feud, maybe. Well, well, I think that'd be That was kind
2: of earmarked a little bit in Fallout 3. I mean, albeit it was different, but the outcast you know kind of hated the direction that the mm-hmm. lines was going with the whole let's help people as yeah, opposed that to was, let's collect tech.
1: That upset me so much that 4 didn't really touch on the outcast at all, whatsoever. Yeah. That, that really yeah. kind of uh, jarred me up a little bit. But yeah, that, I think that would be... At least, off the top of my head, that'd be a good plot movie for a movie. Yeah. As All for right. a cast, uh, as a cast, do you want to try to answer that?
2: I'm just trying to think who would be like who do you want as the main character. Main
1: character, That's
2: a tough <laughs> one. Um, You want? Know oh, I'm going to say it, but people are just just saying I'm going to say because he's Aussie. But Hugh Jackman. I mean, look at him. <laughs> As as old man Logan, all right, and uh, tell me that he wouldn't be a good Wastelander. Sure. Tell me. Sure.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, that's brilliant.
1: Uh, for our main protagonist, man, fuck. Uh... You know, honestly, Tough. yeah, that's, that's really hard because I- I've noticed with a lot of movies lately you see – I don't want to say new because sometimes I don't know their past work when they're introduced in certain movies. But like, I'll take Rogue One as an example. Um, I don't even know the mm. actress's name yet, but like the woman, the main character, Jen. Yeah, you know, like she was fantastic. Okay, but like I've never heard of her before this. Where I'd say like you know you want to that's one of those things where you got to cast and like do your research. All right, I, I, I got. another thing. I'm, this
2: is terrible with this type of stuff. This is slightly offbeat. All right, but if there was an Elder Scrolls movie, all right, I don't know if you've ever watched the TV sh- or the Netflix show Vikings, or he was also the main guy in the uh, Warcraft movie. Hmm. Him, all right, it would make a great Elder Scrolls slash Skyrim uh, protagonist for a movie. i would th- think. think uh,
1: his is his name Sean Bean? From Game of Thrones?
2: No, it's not. It's not. It's not. Sean no, no. I'm saying no. Like it.
1: that's that. For me, that's who I was thinking of. For like an. You know, oh, he he
2: would. He should definitely be like a in king. There? Like like a Jarl in an eldest girl's movie. Tra- Travis Fimmel. Travis Fimmel. Okay. He, like, search him up. He does great work in Vikings. He did great work in Warcraft, even though that movie was just okay. I reckon he would be awesome in an eldest girl's movie. Mm. And he's Aussie too. <laughs> Jesus i only realized a little little bias here i only realized that the other day i swear to god (laughs) (laughs) that's brilliant um here's a question from at struna gaming how do you feel about the nintendo switch having worse graphics over ps4 and xbox one allegedly
1: anyways doesn't matter i want the games to be good and for it Mm. to be affordable
2: kind of like the 3ds right
1: yeah but like the 3DS, you you see some games on there, and you just go, "Wow!" Like I think, for example, Resident Evil Revelations, that game look, looks fantastic, and it's on a 3DS. I mean, that was an older 3DS game now. um So yeah. I think the Switch. I mean, you, you're talking to someone who games on their Vita a lot, where graphics <laughs> on there. I'm saying the graphics on there haven't been that bad. Where I think the Nintendo Switch is yeah. more powerful than that, and it's going to power console games. So I think I'll be happy with whatever they give me, personally. And
2: look. I, I, yeah, and I think I'm similar to you as well. I'm someone that goes back and plays, you know, old games and, and doesn't think, oh, the graphics suck. I can't pick up this piece of trash. Like, to be honest, with the graphics, eventually your eyes adjust. Eventually you, adru- you adjust yeah. to it. Honestly. It, it, like, I don't know if that's the case for most people, but sometimes, I'd you know, so, like, even I, if it's good
1: or bad, you just adjust to it.
2: Well, you do. I mean, I, obviously, when you if you've been gaming on a high-end PC and you move straight away to really old, maybe let's say mid-2000s game, and you think, oh, this was a 360 or PlayStation 3 title. This is shit. This looks bad. But eventually, you get over it. Okay? I think that initial change is is a bit impactful. But eventually, you think, all right, well, I'm just playing it and I'm not really focused on the graphics and how good the shadows look and all that jazz. Yeah. So, Plus, it's on a smaller console, so like a smaller screen. And apparently, though... The actual switch um, port, I guess you'd call it, actually um, expands it to 1080p and, and gives it a bit more graphics power. I think that's the case. We don't know yeah, that yet, but yeah. But you know, here's the thing: is that it's got. It, you don't want to be
1: carrying around a brick if you're if you're taking it with you. So there's got to be sacrifices made. Where you could look at like an Nvidia tablet, I think it is, which is a lot thicker, a lot heavier. But this is designed to, like you said, like you're on the train for an hour. It's supposed, and you can just slip it into yes. your bag afterwards. You know, you're not supposed to be lugging around this fucking brick. They want it to be accessible, and so yes, yeah, sacrifices yeah. have to be made to achieve the vision they have for it. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're going to load the thing up. I never expected them to either. I, I, not only because of that, but also because it's fucking Nintendo. Like I don't remember the last system they yeah. loaded up on. Or like this is the. This is going to set the precedent for graphics and power.
2: Uh, Nintendo is a software company. They, they are not known for their hardware tech prowess at, at all. Mm, I wouldn't say so. They were known, known for being a little bit different, but offbeat. But mm. here's a really good question, all right? At Brian MX 34 asks, what do video games mean to you? Just a hobby, a passion, etc." cetera. Mm. Maddie?
1: um, I guess it depends what's going on in my life, right? I mean lately it's just been like I was actually watching Jackson um not JV2017 anymore. Level Up Gaming now. Got to get used to that. And um I like it. Yeah, I like, I like it too. It. Yeah, I watched his video. I'm excited for him. And he um made her he he literally read my mind. He just said in the beginning of the video he's like I've just been playing games and I've I've just love it so much like I've just put the phone down, turned off the lights and just really just enjoyed ah, yes. playing games. And like that's where I've been at too. It's just like Nothing's going bad. Life's good. I've just been really enjoying my video games lately. And what started this, I said this during my review, is that Fallout 4 started this for me. I don't care, you know, Mm. how controversial the game is. That is what re-sparked my love for video games, um, where I really was in and out of games before that. I was just kind of covering Fallout 4. I was really excited for that. But other than that there really weren't any other games that were grabbing my interest. I think Fallout 4 killed my interest in other games because I specifically remember saying that many times. But point being is that Fallout, yeah. Fallout 4 like reactivated that spark for gaming and it's just carried on since. And I love it. So like I'm, I've, am i you know, before that, I, I'm, what I'm saying is that I'd have days where I'd, I'd go days and days and days without playing video games where now it's like I play them every fucking day. And sometimes I yeah. play them for hours on ends and, and I've gone on huge marathons, which I haven't done in a while. And I know not everyone can do that, but I'm just saying that for me, you know, I, I haven't been able to do this in so long and I'm doing it out of just pure enjoyment, not like this is my job. It's like I just love gaming. So yeah. for me what gaming is more than anything, it's passion. Sure, it turned into my yeah. job, but um yeah. you know, it's it's definitely passion first and foremost. And I think and, it's and, and to I I'd that.
2: agree as well. Yeah. Well like for me Gaming is a passion, first and foremost. I mean, I, I wouldn't be always reading game news. I wouldn't be on a podcast talking about games or be running a gaming-orientated YouTube channel mm-hmm. if I didn't absolutely love games. I love pa- I love playing games and I love streaming and, and, and all that. I view YouTube as a hobby yeah. for me personally, but gaming is, is certainly a passion. I've been playing games ever since I can remember and everyone you know, that's listening to this is probably the exact same. Had so many good memories with it. Met so many great people because of it. There's, yeah, it's it's out and out of passion for me. It's not just a hobby. Mm-hmm.
1: I completely so, agree.
2: Um, let's maybe one last one last question. At Killer Joke sixty nine asks, "What's your prediction or predictions for twenty seventeen games?" And I think he says, for example, which ones are going to be a No Man's Sky and which ones are going to be Uncharted four. But you can just rattle on about your general predictions for next year and and what you think gaming is going to be like.
1: I touched upon it a little bit, not a little bit, a lot of it, earlier in the podcast that I think there's going to be a lot of of (laughs) it. uh, That I think there's going to be a lot more of a focus on... Okay, my house is really loud. I think there's going to be a focus on uh, spacing out games more. I don't think there's going to be a lot of cramped launches. In terms of like successes and flops, those are hard to call really far away. Um, unless it's really like No Man's Sky, which I was excited for, um, especially okay. closing in on its launch. But I was like not really hyped and believing in that product, if you know what I mean. But I was like, yo, it's going to be the next big thing. I was like, It was never even on my radar, to be honest, yeah. No Man's Sky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really hard to predict those flops. I mean, I, I think of like looking at next year, I think like, okay, here's a flop I'm predicting right now. Feel free to, when it happens, uh, go ahead, come mm. back to this episode, 88. You can either tell me I'm right or wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'd love to be, but I think Horizon uh, Zero Dawn is going to flop.
2: Oh, Matty, that's a big call. That looks
1: excellent. Uh, Okay, here's the thing, though. The reason I say this is because, number one, Guerrilla Games has not made a good story game before. Number two, they have not made an open world game before, according to my knowledge. I don't believe for a second (laughs) that you just jump into a new genre after making Kill Zone and fucking kill it with an open world game. If they do, like I said, I want to be wrong. But when I watch this okay. game, it's just something. Something, dude. Like, you ever get that feeling? It's like, wow, I love what I'm seeing, but hold on. Like, I get the feeling. Something that's insane. Yeah, right. like, I'm getting the feeling when I've watched some of the open world gameplay, it's become more and more structured. Where the original reveal, I was like, holy shit, this looks so open and free. Where I've seen a lot more structure to the world. Uh, not in a, I won't say a bad way, but almost like it's not, dynamic and open it's telling you what to do yeah it's not all exploration that's what's throwing me off like i said i want to be wrong but that's the that's the flop i'm calling for 2017 is that horizon zero dawn will be like a good game it'll be like a seven but it's not going to be like the nine or ten that i think a lot of people are expecting from this game
2: interesting very interesting and all right this is one i think is going to be relevant to you i think what, well, however, you pronounce it, Shenmue, Shenmue, whatever. Mm. I think that's going to be delayed till 2018. Yeah. That's my opinion. Oh yeah. All right. Um, I think that For Honor is going to do really well as a multiplayer. I think the single player is going to be average because of the like just Completely agree. seeing from the all online connection thing. Like it just it doesn't seem like people are going to receive it well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know everything about the multiplayer seems really good. Um, but to be honest, like next year what is really coming out next year like there's nothing a lot of,
1: a lot of injustice two.
2: but do, do, do you know what i'm saying i'm seeing a lot of like mid to high t games being released and not like Me. like I, I don't know i remember some years where there were games where it was like oh,
1: fuck, oh what I mean, I dude all right what? mass effect andromeda like, I'm, I'm... Okay, but I'm
2: not a Mass Effect fan, oh. so... Yeah. Okay, you know what? You know what I'm going to say? Are I, uh, I used to be. As a kid, I used to play Resident Evil on my PS1. That's right. Wow, that takes me that's
1: back.
2: that's some OG yeah. shit right there. That is some OG shit. That Prey? scared the shit Dude, out Prey? of me. Oh, yeah, I am, I am excited. Okay, all right. I will say something about Prey. All right. Mm. I think that Prey will be a game that I enjoy because it's very, very dishonored system shock bioshock like and i think it's going to piss off a lot of yeah, the people that wanted was, what the original Prey was. i was, was. just
1: going to say i think it's going to be a game that we're going to like people are going to call us fanboys for it because yeah. we haven't played a lot of the original prey but it's not going to satisfy older fans i already yeah you can
2: tell by the initial response to it i agree with that yeah and, and people saying, well what happened to prey 2 but Prey 2 it went into development hell. You don't want a game that went into dev hell. Mm-hmm. You didn't want the original Doom either. You want them to reboot and start it fresh. Yeah. And look what happened with the you know, the new Doom this year. Halo so, Wars give it a chance. 2.
1: That's looking really sweet. I like Halo Wars. Nier Automata. Mm-hmm. I really can't wait for that game because um, I love the first Nier. Nier was fucking. Oh. Neo. That's another one. That's kind of like mm-hmm. a Souls game. Kingdom Hearts 2.8. Really excited for that one. Sniper Elite 4. I mean, I'm Ooh. I'm looking at a lot of games. I don't really scale bounds of flop. I'm gonna call too. I feel like <laughs> I feel like that game's getting you know, like how, when was that game first fucking revealed? Like, it feels like it's just been in development for so long. And that when I man that yeah. gameplay they showcased looked nothing like what I expected. Um, so maybe that falls on me. But
2: I'm gonna say I want to say this. I'm gonna say that Red Dead Redemption Two. Okay. Mm-hmm. If it does come out next year, I think that they're going to be doing either the same thing that they did with GTA. They're going to have the PC version come out a year later, or it's never going to come. That's gonna be my my prediction.
1: Ooh, if it never comes, dude.
2: <laughs> oh god, console exclusive title. <laughs> oh golly, that would not be good. Uh, that's brilliant. Hmm. Yeah. Man. And as as my last thing, I think that Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is going to be the best Legend of Zelda title ever, better than Ocarina of Time.
1: I, that wouldn't That's surprise me. I think that, that game's already going to be game of the year. Not even kidding. And, I and, think and this ca- is
2: coming from someone that thinks Ocarina of Time is the greatest game of all time. Mm. I think that Breath of the Wild will be better.
1: Yeah, I, that would That's my crazy me. prediction. Crazy prediction, huh? We're going to do that, too? All right, let me look at 2017. That's
2: a a great video idea. Let me write that down. Crazy predictions for 2017. That's going to be the next alone time, (laughs) Matty.
1: Crazy prediction for me. Um... You know, I want to say because one game that's been really catching my eye more and more lately as a fan of the franchise is Resident Evil Seven. I'm going to say that's going to be like a return to form, and like it's going to be on like a lot of people's game of the year list. I think that's one that not a lot of people are really paying attention to, and it's going to catch a lot of heads when um when it launches okay. because that's what horror games do. I've noticed until dawn, didn't know a fucking thing about it. It launched. It looked amazing. I played it. It was in my game of the year list. I think Resident Evil is going to repeat that. Uh, it's going to be more accessible because it's going to be like a first-person shooter, but it's going to be dreadful. It's going to be survival horror-focused like they always used to be. I'm really excited for Seven, So, yeah, that's my prediction is that's going to hit up a lot of Game of the Year lists. And I know that may not sound too far-fetched for people who have been paying attention closely to the game. But with the way Capcom's kind of been, um, I wouldn't say it's always a sure bet with them. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's going to be my, my – I don't want to say crazy. It's kind of more of a bold pick. I think my crazy pick is that, yeah, Horizon's gonna fucking flop. <laughs> that's my crazy Fair enough. pick. Fair enough, <laughs> for sure. Right. That that's
2: cool. All right, so I think we got to the end. Yes, sir. Alrighty. As you guys can tell, so, yeah. we're
1: trying to stretch out these episodes a little bit longer. Yes, but next year
2: they will be long. Like we're we'll, we're gonna have rejig things.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. Um, we don't want to go into details now, though, of course. so yeah
2: we'll we'll, we'll let you know yeah next year okay
1: (laughs) so thank you guys for listening this far if you have i know you guys have been tweeting at us a lot saying you've been listening to the whole thing which is always awesome my favorite is when we get before we
2: leave though we get pictures before we leave we we get pictures i need to say this before we forget and it's in my mind next weekend's gonna be christmas (gasps) oh shit so do we wish everyone a happy christmas or merry christmas now because we're not gonna be here next
1: weekend yeah, we're definitely not going to be because I usually upload, like, a Christmas special. I don't know about you guys, but...
2: Mm-hmm. So, so should we say? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so if you're listening to this... <laughs> When's this going to be up? When's Sunday? Sunday's the 18th for me. Okay, so, yeah, you're listening to this the week before Christmas, but if you're listening to this throughout the week or whatever, um, I really do hope you guys have a very Merry Christmas. I hope you guys enjoy the holidays. Um, what's great is this is coming out a week before Christmas, so if you haven't yet, um You know, really enjoy that time with your family. Um, You know, Mm. it's a very special time of year that uh, can mend any issue amongst each other. So, really, if there's any problems going on at home, now is always a really good time to fix them.
2: Mm, Mm. I agree. And just honestly, have a good break and start afresh in the new year. Yeah. All right. Don't let anything that happened this year to take you down. Yeah,
1: yeah. Hit the reset button if you got to, or take what uh, happened this year, learn from it, carry it to the new year, all that good stuff, man. Uh, yeah, I'm really optimistic. 2016 for... was
2: a shit year. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it was for a shit year. I don't know. Like it was personally. I I, I said this in my video today. That I uploaded. It was kinda of like a character development year for me. I learned a lot about myself. I said that in twenty fifteen too, but like Well it's
2: differently. I mean I mean in like I'm talking about like general world like, uh, yeah. in terms of world events. It was a it was a pretty yeah. shit year. Personally, it was pretty good for me.
1: Yeah, true. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening this far. We do hope you guys have a very Merry Christmas if you're celebrating yes. out there. Um enjoy your family time, enjoy that sexy christmas movie that you're watching after this and uh, we'll catch you guys in the next episode two weeks from now all
2: righty peace peace out
0: our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too that's the beauty of noom they build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions medical issues and other personal needs so your plan works for you